This podcast was recorded just before Jamie won her second W Series title. Big congratulations to her and all of the team at Veloci Racing from everyone at Rockwell. Welcome to Into the Depths, a new podcast from Rockwell. As CellGP moves around the world, we explore the cities the series visits, meeting prominent voices from the world of sport, science, entertainment and business. Before we begin today's episode, I'd just like to thank the hotel La Casa del Consul in Cadiz for allowing us to use their rooftop terrace to make this recording. Today, I welcome a true trailblazer onto the show. In 2021, British racing driver Jamie Chadwick continued her domination of the W Series by winning her second world title with Veloci Racing, who she also competes for in the electric-powered Extreme E Series, alongside her commitments to Williams F1 as a development driver. And if she wasn't busy enough, Jamie joined Ben Ainsley's Great Britain CLGP team out on the water in southern Spain. Thanks for joining us, Jamie. Thanks for having me. I've, I've introduced you and talked a little bit about what, what, what you've done and what you're doing, but maybe we can add Sailor to the list of uh, achievements because you had a bit of a special day yesterday. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, massively special day. I don't think I can claim I'm a fully fledged sailor just yet, but I wish I could because, yeah, I was very, very fortunate yesterday to go out with the GB guys on their boat as their sixth sailor, which for someone that's never sailed before to then get an experience on the F50 with Sir Ben Ainsley, I think is as good as it gets. So yeah, an unbelievable experience. Um, it massively gave me a huge amount of appreciation for, for what the sailors do and you know what this sport's all about. So um, yeah, just loved every minute of it and so excited to actually be you know fully a part of it. When you get an opportunity like that to come down to something like CLGP, what, what were you expecting? Did you know anything? Did you know anything about kind of sailing or CLGP? Not really. I'd followed a little bit of sailing, a bit of America's Cup, but that's about it. And to be honest, I followed it because the likes of Sir Ben Ainsley and Hannah Mills are such superstars in our country that, you know, I was interested in what they did, but I didn't necessarily follow their sport so much. So, yeah, to then come down here, a lot of the time, you know, I try and put off too much um, stuff going on around, um, you know, race weekends but this for me was just an absolute no-brainer to, to come and enjoy and I'm so glad I did because for someone that like I said didn't follow sailing to then actually get that experience and really become now a massive fan of it I think is probably exactly what you know the sport's looking for is you know people like me that just now couldn't think of anything or any other reason not to watch sailing now. You know not many people outside of the sailors get to go on one of these boats so to someone who's kind of never been on this kind of boat or maybe any boat how would you kind of describe it from your point of view the process of getting on the boat you know getting the boat in the water getting ready and actually being on the boat personally it's crazy because obviously I'm used to adrenaline sort of thrilling sports and I'm used to speed but I can tell you nothing compared to that it was yeah bizarre how much I felt the speed but also just the sheer forces that they're going through and yeah how much they're doing um, on the water is so impressive well you know you, you've You've got a pretty good appreciation of speed, I think, from a lot of the, the events and the, the, the types of motorsport you've done in the past. But how does the, that kind of perception of speed differ on something like the F50 when you're powered by the wind? Yeah, I think partly is because you've obviously not got the noise of an engine. That does definitely make a difference. But also you've got so many forces from the elements when you're on the water. And yeah, that, I think, really did make a big difference because, um, you know, for me in a race car, you're so strapped in and secure and in your little element um, and that makes obviously the speed is is high but it makes the adaptation to the speed a little mm. bit um, easier whereas here 
you're sort of hanging out the side of the boat and honestly that made uh, a massive difference to how much you felt felt the forces which yeah although the speed relatively is much lower felt much quicker than what what I'm used to and you've got a couple of bruises to take away as souvenirs so how did you end up with those yeah I'm actually quite proud of them to be honest it shows that I actually did something um these guys and band girls and machines what they're doing is uh it's a pretty brutal sport actually and running across the back of the boat um I've not got the longest legs so I think I just threw myself in just to make sure that I was in a in a safe position um and a couple of bruises bruises to show for it but like I said I'm quite proud of them to be honest well I think as a kind of introduction to the sport of sailing you can't ask for two more qualified mentors than Sir Ben Ainsley and Hannah Mills hanging out with them for a day and kind of seeing the world through their eyes a little bit behind the scenes you know in the UK they're superstars they're you know, decorated Olympians. So, you know, two people I admire massively. And yeah, I remember at the beginning of yesterday, I was doing my safety training, which is basically worst case scenario. If you capsize, if you're held underwater, what do you do? Um, and the training for that, I can tell you, is not a pleasurable experience. But I did think in the back of my mind, if there's anyone that I trust um, not to get me in this situation, it's Ben Ainsley. So incredibly fortunate in that sense to have have him at the helm. And yeah, of course, with, with Hannah as well, like I said, someone I massively um, inspired by. So yeah, for them to really take me under the wing of the team and, you know, teach me all things sailing um, and look after me as well as they did, I was, I was very lucky. I think with, um, you know, SailGP is a kind of a platform, uh, it obviously moves around the world in the same way that a lot of the kind of events that you're, you're part of do as well. So what, what's, what's kind of surprised you about SailGP or what similarities do you see from where you come from, from the W Series or from Extreme? Yeah, I mean, actually a lot of similarities. Um, extremely, especially because it's a purpose-built sport effectively. Um, and uh, all the cars are spec. So one, um, you know, chassis for all the teams is very limited. Um, mm. Things that you can change similar to SailGP. Um, and yeah, I think in that sense, the way that they go about, you know, show using sport as a platform to to promote bigger bigger issues in the world, I think is very similar to Extreme So it's been really cool to kind of understand that. and. I think one of the things that actually resonated the most with me was, you know, and particularly because it's close to my heart, is the gender equality side of things and getting more women involved in sailing and in motorsport, it's the same. The issue, the reason you can't just put a female in Formula One tomorrow is because there's a bit of an experience gap and uh, sailing seems to be the same. So now they've introduced a six sailor where, you know, the women get the opportunity to be out on the boats to give them that opportunity and that chance to to gain that experience, I think is so invaluable. Mm. And, and you've actually, you know, you're here on quite a historic weekend because, uh, you know, for, for those viewers who are watching, uh, we're in Cadiz and they're, for the first time, actually, female athletes are going to be on board the F50 during racing. So kind of cool, Hannah's at the kind of forefront of that charge. So you've seen it, you know, uh, firsthand, but does it feel to you like there's kind of a, a, an excitement around the place and there's some change underway? Yeah, massively. And yeah, like you said, I'm so fortunate to have someone like Hannah to speak to because she really is an absolute superstar. So deserves all these kind of opportunities she's now getting. But yeah, from my side, um, it's nice to visibly be able to see, um, you know, something like this happening. And it's almost, I mean, I know I'm very new to sailing, but to see that kind of movement firsthand and yeah, witness it, it really is special. And it's, it's fantastic because like I said, someone like Hannah, Olympic champion she is capable of you know these taking these chances and running with them she just needs you know this series is like um you know sail GP to step in and 
be the ones that, that can help her with that. Before we chat more to Jamie about her success in the W series and equality in sport, don't forget to check out the other episodes of Into the Depths, including Italian adventurer Alex Bellini's crusade to showcase river pollution pouring into the world's oceans, Red Bull's Andrew Cotton and the battle to save his career, Vikings actor Alex Hu talks about his biggest thrill yet, and Tokyo gold medalist Anne-Marie Rindam's Olympic redemption story. To watch, head to our Beneath the Surface YouTube channel. Or to listen, you can visit Apple Podcasts or Spotify. In the meantime, let's rejoin the conversation with Jamie. I think when we talk about things like gender gender equality, you know, you you're well known because you won the first uh, inaugural season of the of the W Series. So you kind of blazed a blazed a trail there for f- female drivers. But in basic terms, why is it important to bring in these kind of initiatives, which let's be honest, aren't always popular because people have different opinions about how to actually execute these visions. I think everyone agrees that it's a good thing. How do you see things like, you know, mandatory rules or development programs and things like that? I think it's important, um, you know, done the right way. I think it's so important not to say, for example, Hannah, without, you know, the experience on these kind of boats, because similar to motorsport, it's not like, um, you know, running where you can go out every day and run, get access to these kind of bits of kit it doesn't happen every day so to give her the chance to like learn her craft learn what she needs to do um on these boats before then putting her in a more you know advanced situation i think is so important because you can't rush the process you can't force you know change that quickly but then at the same time if you did nothing then nothing would change because she wouldn't have the chance to ever Mm -hmm. be in these boats because like i said they don't um have the opportunity to do that so yeah, it's, in my opinion, it's an important kind of balance to look at. You can't, you know, fast track it too much and force force things to, to left field. But at the same time, these kind of mandatory things and these initiatives that are forcing change do, do definitely make a big difference. And, uh, you know, you're actually at the intersection of two kind of really important issues right now, because it's not only the gender equality, but also when it comes to climate change and sustainability, you know, it's something that CLGP is very, very active in, but also extreme as well and you're now part of part of that so tell you know for, for people who don't know much about extreme because it is quite new as well tell us a little bit about what extreme is and what's the appeal of that yeah i mean i'll try and summarize this <laughs> as best as i can but basically extreme is new for this year and it is electric off-road uh, racing in big suvs and we go to remote locations in the world to sort of shine a spotlight on the climate issues that they have in those areas um you know raising awareness for climate change also on top of that, the way that the format is, is you have to have one male driver and one female driver per team. You share a car, you do a driver change halfway through the race, so one lap by the male driver, one lap by the female driver. So that's obviously really important for promoting gender equality. And yeah, I guess the big things there, are we've got a sporting element of it where, you know, we've got big teams involved. We've got two manufacturers in Cooper and GM that are involved in, in the process. We've got big teams, Chip Ganassi, Andretti, um that have come on long board because they want to win um like all of us but then you've also got the you know promoting bigger issues outside of sport but using the platform of sport to do that so yeah it's something that yeah i'm really proud to be a part of um i've really enjoyed the racing um so far and yeah i think like i said it's just fantastic that we can actually start to make a bit of a difference now um with sport and obviously you you, you're doing the w you won the first series of the uh, the first season of the W Series. Uh, you're now in the second series. It's going quite well, I believe. 
Do, uh, yeah, we're, uh, well, this is obviously before um, the last race, and I'm joint on points at the top, so okay. yeah, it's all a bit close. So the pressure's on. Yeah. And you're in Extreme E as well, and you're also part of Formula One as a development driver with Williams, so you're doing a bit of everything. It's actually amazing you've got time to even be here, but uh, what, are the, what are the big differences when you, when you go to something like uh, Extreme E? Even the feel of, a, of an electric vehicle and the sounds and stuff that you're used to must be very different. Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is, is the electric side of it, you kind of adapt to quite quickly. Okay. Uh, obviously, the sound or not having sound is a bit weird. Um, you then become acutely aware of other sounds like the tires or the brakes or like anything else that you can hear because you've got more. Um, yeah, you're not just hearing an engine. Um, and, but the feel of the car is not too different. I mean, you don't really have the engine braking or the gears, which is a bit, bit dissimilar. But I guess once you get used to it, it's just a car with a steering wheel and, you know, two pedals. So... Yeah, I mean, that's not the biggest thing uh, at all. And I think that's fantastic. I guess the purists talk about the noise and, and missing that. But honestly, I don't think that's an issue at all. And especially the racing is so close and just as interesting as, you know, if it had a combustion engine that for me, it doesn't doesn't make a massive difference. And how's the off-road element? Because it's very different to where you've come from. Yeah. Let's take a bit of getting used to. That's the big thing I've, I've found, um, the big change. Yeah, it could be any kind of powered car, but the fact that, you know, I've gone from racing on circuits where, you know, I've done the same circuits time and time again, and, um, you know, the conditions are very consistent to then racing off-road um, in these massive SUVs, um, at these well, in these mental locations is, is very different. Um, big shift in kind of driving style and the approach that I have to take, but something that I'm really sort of quite proud to do and happy to do because I think it's so important to be able to gain that kind of experience doing so many different things mm. and yeah fortunate that something like Extreme E has got the format it's got where you need the female driver because it's giving me that chance to learn learn all these new skills. What do you think is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in the last maybe year then you know I've been having trying all these different things and kind of taking every opportunity, soaking it up and, and... Not necessarily something I've learned about myself, but the big thing I've learned is taking every opportunity because there are actually so many opportunities now, um, you know, particularly for me. And it's quite cool even seeing it in Hannah. There are things are starting to change and, you know, she's starting to get these doors that are opening. And for her, um, you know, she's already had such an incredible career, but then knowing that there's only just the start mm. of what's about to come. And I feel very similar in that sense. It, the one thing I definitely have learned is that you've just got to take every opportunity that comes your way. And you, in, in W Series and in Extremely, you race for the same uh, sponsor, I guess. Yeah. So so it's a, it's a, I guess that, that gives you some kind of continuity in terms of the team ethos and the, the vision. So maybe tell us a little bit about, about uh, Veloci. Yeah, I mean, Veloce, um, for those that don't know, are predominantly an esports business um, or started off predominantly in esports, but they've actually managed and looked after me for the last four or five years. So I was there before they got any race teams, before they actually even started in esports. And um, they've kind of grown as a massive company. Um, and, you know, it's gone from strength to strength. And the two, well, the three guys that are mainly behind it come from a racing background. So they've always wanted a racing team but want to obviously do something that has, um, you know, some meaning and sort of see um, where there are sort of maybe downfalls with the sport. So I've been really fortunate that they've really backed me and supported me and in doing so have got teams in Extreme E where I drive for them and also W Series. So it's great for me. Um, I think that support and having that network behind me and, you know, the team ethos, like you said, um, is so, you know, strong about, 
you know, everything we believe in is the same, but it definitely makes a big difference in how I'm able to go out and, and perform. And, and I guess having made their kind of name in esports and, and gaming, digital, the digital side of things, they have quite a young, relatively young audience, maybe a bit of a different audience to traditional kind of motorsports or, or even or, or sailing. So do you think that some of these issues are, are they becoming more pre prevalent uh, in, in that kind of age group? Do you, do you get comments from people and feedback that, you know, people people really care about these issues and want, want to see them uh, the talked about on the on a big stage yeah definitely i think it's it's something young people especially are actually really um in tune with and you know want to see a difference with and yeah like you said it's fantastic that the eyeballs on veloce are actually um you know a massive range they've got you know all sorts of people um that are supporting them and it's incredible that you know the way that the world works now is that you can get that many eyeballs through gaming and esports and the digital mm. world and yeah from my side um to be able to kind of communicate what we want to communicate um, using the platform of, yeah, not just sport, but Veloce um, is really important. One of the things that's a bit kind of similar um, in, in, in where you come from, I think, especially with Xtreme, is that the, the, the boats and the vehicles are one design. So standardized across the fleet, essentially. So you have to look into other places for competitive advantage and gains. How do you approach that kind of from maybe the mental game first and then we'll talk a bit about physical stuff and, and gym and that kind of thing but have you had picked up any tips from people over the years or do you do any any kind of rituals um the mental side of things i find is so personal or like so specific to the individual um so the one thing is is i've definitely picked up on things from loads of different people and even this weekend just seeing the way that ben works and how he's such a natural leader um for the gb team it's incredible, but at the same time, that might not necessarily work for me because we're different people. So the mental side of things is very much for me, individual, and I need to find out or I know what works for me and stick to, to basically uh, refining that. But I guess the cool thing with, you know, when you're looking for little bits everywhere is how you can literally break everything down to a tiny little millimeter. And in motorsport, it's incredible how we can do that. and cool also seeing in the sailing world that they do the same they are really looking for the tiny little bits everywhere and the margins are so small you need to to be finding every little bit you can and and i guess physically as well you know one thing that is kind of that, that some people may be surprised about is that people like hannah or, or on the on our team the danish team we've got people like Anne-Marie Anne and Katja who come from an olympic background like a dinghy background actually the 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 muscles that you would engage on that kind of boat compared to this is almost completely different it's almost a different sport in some respects where do you focus your energies when you're in the gym i saw on your instagram that you're doing some kind of stability core stuff um is that where you where you focus yeah predominantly because um and very similar to sailing actually um i mean i guess the grinders are putting out a huge amount of force which you know they just need brute strength for but motorsport you do need to be strong uh definitely very strong in your upper body and something that i've struggled with actually throughout my whole career and it's a bit of a constant battle trying to make sure that that's not, you know, a factor when you're in the car. But the main thing in motorsport is you need to be strong, but you also need to be able to, you know, if it's turn the wheel and have the capacity to think about everything else. So it's not just about sheer strength because, you know, I could potentially squat X amount um, in the gym, but if I've not got to think about anything, it's quite easy just to do it in um, solidation. Whereas in reality, that's not the case. So, a lot of the work I do in the gym is trying to tie in 
more than one element, whether it's you've got to think about balancing and coordination and all sorts of different things and react to, to stuff that's coming at you whilst doing a strength exercise. I think that's, for me, a bit more relevant um, in a racing situation than yeah, just doing sheer strength work. And is it, is, does it feel the same in every, in every event and every car? Not at all. No, no, not at all. And some tracks aren't physical at all and other tracks are really physical. It's, it's always different. Um, but yeah, if you can, you always prepare for the worst. Um, and in an ideal world, which isn't always so easy, you prepare a year in advance. So if I knew I was doing F2 next year, I would be this year preparing for, I'd be ready for F2. And last year I would have been ready for W Series. So um, yeah, you always plan a year ahead if you can. Um, and yeah, prepare for the worst is, is normally the rule of thumb. And if we're talking, I guess, about the future, you know, maybe a year ahead, but maybe five, five years, 10 years, where, what, what's, the, what's the goal? I guess, I guess everyone would expect F, F1 is, is up there, but is that the case? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, F1 is the ultimate goal, but yeah, to get there on merit is so tough and I, I'm under no illusions as to how hard, hard that's going to be. So yeah, I'm going to work as hard as I can to see if I can, can make it to Formula 1 as the ultimate goal. But yeah, even still, I think I, I came into motorsport not expecting to have a career in it and did it as a hobby. So even just to be able to make a living from, from motorsport at this stage in my, in my life is I'm so happy with. And I think if I can continue to do that in whatever sort of realm of motorsport that is, I think I'll be yeah pretty happy. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. We really appreciate you uh, coming and chatting with us. Well, thanks uh, for having me. And we'll be following you. Best of luck in uh, the finale of the W Series. We'll Thank be following you. your progress. And if you want to follow Jamie's progress, you can follow her on Instagram at Jamie Chadwick. If you want to follow the Great Britain CellGP team, you can go to at GBR. And if you want to follow the Denmark CellGP team presented by Rockwall as we move around the world with CellGP, you can go to at Den.